So yeah, so we're talking about Ephesians, and we're going to, if you have a Bible or it's on your phone, if you'd like a Bible, raise your hand. Um, Ephesians uh, chapter 5 is where we're going to um, head first. These are the passages that I would challenge you to read this week. This is the, where we're going to be pulling our thoughts from and kind of like expounding on these passages, 5, 21 through 33, 6, 1 through 9, and 2, 11 through 22. And the, uh, this is where Here Be Dragons, everybody remembers the Here Be Dragons series if you were around last year or so. Um, and and uh, we get to talk about husbands and wives today. This is the, what you all been waiting for. So, um, Sarah, so here, just so we're clear, just so we're clear, everybody, I'm speaking today. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah is sharing her heart. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're. Y- that's y'all how might we're not know the it. difference, but there is one. Yeah. So I told just her. Go with it. I told her, what happens when you find out that it's the same thing? Like, and she's we're not like, going there. We don't need to go there right no. now. But it's been a while, and we're excited to do this together. And I think if there's a big idea, um, here's what I want you to know right now. When it comes to oneness and it comes to unity, God math is always in play. So one plus one equals one. (laughs) One plus one equals one when it comes to God, unity, oneness. And we're going to kind of talk through this a little bit today, and I hope that we can, uh, have you guys, uh, this is week 11, I think, on oneness. Have you guys been getting something out of each week? Has God been speaking to you, or has it just been me? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I'm not going to call on you. Last night, we actually had, like, we we went around and we heard from folks. But I think that's what's really cool. It's like every week, we're just kind of like, man, and I'm reading, and I'm reading other passages like, oh, here we go again. It's about unity. And not that, we've got, not that we've got a big unity problem here at the church or between mm-hmm. us, but it's just important, and it's so, there's so much leverage that happens when we're one. I think when you talk about it, it becomes less of the problem because yes. it's, it's obvious. It's out there, and so yeah. we are going to fight for one. We and, are. and something that I'm thankful for is, uh, is I, I've been kind of like, and, and you can do this too if you want to talk to me after service. I've been asking people, like, what has God been doing in, in your life, um, you know, since being here and being in community here and like part of the oneness and stuff. And I, one, one person had uh, texted me back, and it's just super cool to hear this because like you don't always hear what's going on, right? You don't know until you ask. And so this is what he said. He said, since coming to second place, I've been able to step out into my own identity and creation in Christ. For the majority of my life, I lived in accordance to how other people viewed me, and I stayed within those parameters. Second place gave me the confidence and the support and the love to step out and become who God made me to be. And I think that that kind of illustrates to me like some of the awesome things that God is doing through this series and through what God's doing here. So let's just like dive into this because... So when we were talking, I was like, this is too much. Like, all this it's, stuff? It's a lot. Like, so all the scriptures he put up, it's a lot. It's a lot. So be reading it, but we're probably not going to get through all that today. We're not even going to try. Oh, well, we were going to try. Well, we're going to try, but we okay. probably won't. Just because this, you know what I mean? Like, right. Okay, go. Ready to do this? Oh, yeah, I'm going to pray. That'll yeah, help my yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you're going to share your heart in prayer. Okay. So we... <laughs> We're so we're just in, talking about basketball, like the game, and, you know, we're looking at the girls like, okay, control the pace of the game, control the pace of the game. Like, you just get, like, and I was like, oh, this is how I live my life. I'm, like, running, trying to force baskets in. No, just 
slow down and control the pace of the game. It's good. So I'll pray, and that might help give us some space. Is that good? Sounds good. Awesome. Father, we thank you that you take us right here where we are, um, that you know our hearts. And um, I just pray right now that you would open our hearts to hear our minds, our, our ears, that we can take in all of this information that you give us in your, in your word. And when we open the Bible and we read the scripture, we can see that it applies to our life. And I just pray that you would soften us to that, that um, as we talk and Joe and I share whoever we are, um, that you would use our, our walk, our, our humanness, our, our genuine place here and that it would speak to lives and be able to um, be you, be light in darkness, and to bring about change so that we can be more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Ephesians 5, starting verse 21. Let's put Sarah on the hot seat right away. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. That is not what that said. That was like putting what? the emphasis on the wrong word. Oh. You know, like it changes the, so the meaning of a sentence. submit to their husbands in everything. It's, Submit you know, to their husbands in everything. No? So we could go to verse 21. No, 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 no. Wait. Right? Okay, Submit yeah, yeah. to okay, one another. Fine. Submit to one another. Uh-huh. That, that's like, so here, you know, this is, I love these verses. You know what mm -hmm, I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure you do. Here's okay. the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Guys, you got to relate, all right? Here's the thing. I work hard all day long. Maybe some guys in the room do this too. Like, we work hard all day long, toiling, getting up early. Toiling. Toiling. Yes. We, that we toil. The land. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We work hard. We are just sweat, blood, tears. You're and sweat. we provide. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. We provide. I provide for you so that you can do the cookbook thing from, you know, 1964, Girls have my slippers heels. by my chair, mm -hmm. wear the bow in your hair, the whole deal. And you better have gotten here. something done during the day because I have accomplished what I'm supposed to do. So submit to the fact that I provided. That's, that's the thing, right? No, it's not. Oh. No. So the, the, the great thing about that is I don't own a bow. So there ain't no bow in the hair. Um, I, we did good to comb it. I mean, there's that. Um, yeah, I don't think that's what this is talking about at all. And you've right. never acted like that. No. So, like, I don't even want to pretend or play like that's a yeah. thing. Like, you don't do that. That's no, not who you No, but are. I think that there's sometimes there's a, there's a, a cultural thing that yes. really kind of creeps into our hearts as guys because it's like, even in this area, you know, in agricultural for hundreds of years, like, farmers work all day long. They're, they're just completely spent at the end of the day, and they come home, and they just want to, like, sit in front of the TV and watch Netflix. And it's like, we're, when's dinner going to come on? You know, right. and I think that we right. need to look at this passage and say, like, is that really what we're wanting our wives to submit to? Nope. Nope. Ear verses are coming next, so hold on tight. <laughs> um, and I think that the, the misunderstanding of the submit is that submission means silence. And that's not at all 
what this um, is talking about. Submission is not being silent and saying, just um, do as I say, um, be here, get my food on the table. Um, what I have struggled with is I am not a silent person. I don't know if you know that. Um, Amen. <laughs> I feel very strongly, and, I, I, and I'll be working on this later. We'll, we'll come back when I am ready to speak, um, about <laughs> women are to be seen and heard. Um, amen. So it is not a matter of put, God created me. He had good plans for me. He has gifted me. He has, Genesis, yeah. yeah, we can go back to Genesis where when he created Eve for Adam, it wasn't um, a push down. It wasn't a, a thumb on her to say, okay, now do what I say. It was to work together to accomplish more than you could have by yourself. And so when we look at this submission, it's not a, a be silent. It's a, a share. It's a dialogue. It's Okay, so here's my take on that. And I have very different views, partly because of how he made me as a woman. My, my nurture kicks in sometimes, and you're not always in tune with the nurture. Um, sometimes you're working on it. Um, so there's places to be able to say, well, let's have a conversation about that. And then I think there is a submit to ultimately what you're gonna go with here. But there's so much trust built there that I don't ever question whether or not I have a voice or whether I have an opinion in this, in this conversation. It's, okay, let's talk about that. And it's not always an agreement, but it's ultimately, I know you want what's best for me and I want what's best for you. And so I think there's a mutual submission, which we'll come to next. But um, the, one of the things that came to mind when the band is playing yeah. is that Y'all don't maybe know this. These guys are so talented and gifted that they can just wing it and they feel like they're supposed to go into the verse again. The lead will start singing and the band just follows along. Now, if the band did not choose to submit to that lead, how's that song going to sound? Poo-poo. From Josh, the music musician. Magician, you are a, a, a He's musician. a musical magician. You are. That's what he is. Um, so there's a submission there that there's a trust between these guys that recognizes, okay, this is where we need to go. And they're sensing the spirit moving. They know like, okay, we just need to hang here a minute. We need to sit in this. We're not going to move on. And they trust that leading. And I think that's what this is pushing into. If we're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, then I'm okay to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit here because I'm respected in this. My opinion matters, my thoughts count. And I'm not just a puppet, I'm, I'm really not a great cook either, but you know, I, thanks Pat. Um, I could cook in a crock pot decent. So you know, it, it's just, it's learning that God has built us very specifically and he's gifted us. And, each of us, if we operate in those roles, this is a non-issue. And I think if we look at the next slide, this is where I'm on the hot seat. And it's like, all right, so husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. 
and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the this, this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And I think for me, like the love piece of it, love, I think, I think of love as just a deeper call to submission because really love is about putting someone else's needs first. And that's ultimate submission. And you're giving up your life. Yeah, so you get to submit and I get to die. There's that. There's that. And, and we don't necessarily always think like that as guys. You know, we, we think about the fact that, well, my dad provided for the family, so that's what I do, and that's all I need to do. But, I mean, aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't just, like, provide for you and then walk away and say, get her done? He is with us. He works with us, in us, and through us to allow this to happen. And I think that the love piece of it is where whenever... She feels like I'm putting a weight on her. And, like, if you're not married today, like, take notes because this is stuff that you can work on your marriage now before you're married. That's a great thing do to do. Do that. Do that. Do that. Yes, that. Do there. that work. Okay. Do that. Go. Because here's the thing. If I, if I ever make her feel like there is a weight and a burden on her, that is not Jesus. Jesus doesn't put weights on us. Who does that? People, right? Sometimes our own, ourselves, we can put that on us because of what we grew up with or what our parents said to us or what have you. But we, if that, that's just not Jesus. So I think what, this is kind of where we kind of hearken back to, hearken back to the last couple of weeks where we were talking about the difference between if you feel like you have to have and operate in power over and you have power over your spouse, your wife, that, that, that's not it. It's about power with and power within. And power within is what allows the power with to happen and to really work together. And I think that, you know, for us, um, I think we've figured out that, and this is, this is what we figured out. <laughs> we haven't figured anything out? Yeah. The okay. more you know, the less you know. So when, when two people come together in marriage, like when we got together, I, I brought all kinds of baggage and issues into the relationship that I was like, cool, pastor's kid, great family, going to fix my stuff. So here we are, put that big old pile right in the middle. And then she brings a whole pile. No, not that much. No, nope. not as much as me. <laughs> she brings some of her own issues and throws them into the pile, right? And, and then the two have become one. Yes, the two become one. And now she's like, Joe's going to fix all that for me. And so what we are expecting as we're married is that now all of our issues are going to kind of one by one get picked off, right? But what ends up happening is we just have more of a mess. And what we do with that mess is we say, like, uh, no one ever talks about that when you get married. We do. Yeah, a little when, bit. When we, when we meet with folks, yeah, well, we, we talk about Yes, we do that talk about mess that. right there. But a lot of times we don't. We no, don't like the don't wedding day. To. It's all like, oh, the two have become one, and the love is so good. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. And so it's like, how's it been going? You've been married for a couple of months. How's it going? Oh, we're great. We love married life. Don't look at this right here. And when you push this aside for years, it's not okay. Because eventually, there's a point at which you're not fine. And all these issues come back into play. 
And now it's up me against her and her against me because we've have all, we have all this stuff that we're not talking about, but it's, it's impacting our relationship. And so the work that we have to do, one of the things, is that we have to know that, man, when I got married to Sarah, she wasn't going to fix all of my stuff because the only one that can fix the stuff that I have to fix is Jesus. me. <laughs> me and Jesus. Yeah, not you. Not me. You can't Jesus. fix it, turns out. And, and I think the only person that can help you with your stuff is Jesus and you working together mm -hmm. through that stuff. Yep. And that's a lot of work. It is. And we have seven minutes. So, <laughs> do you want to move to here? No. Or do you want to move to here? No, there. Really? Yes. Submit. Okay. No, because otherwise it's going to, otherwise, that just, my, my brain just short-circuited when you said Really? That. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'll go with it, but... No, no, no. It's you want fine. to go there? No, I'm good. I trust you. Don't mind us. Like, do you... Or there. This is good. I know. I was trying to get here, but that's good. Yeah, no, that's Right that. there. Done. All right. Okay. Nehemiah 4. We're going to Nehemiah, guys. Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah is my jam. Yeah, so... I love... I love so much about what's in Nehemiah. Um, so what's happening before this, this scripture here... I was good. You can leave it up. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh. This is, no, this, this is, is better. This is better than what we had. Okay. So this is, like, the wall is broken in Jerusalem, and uh, Nehemiah comes and is like, this is not okay. These are God's people. Like, they cannot live in a city that's broken. And um, he was like, yeah, let's get it done. And he asked the king permission to go back and and take care of things, and the people are kind of freaking out because there's, there's um, fellow Jews who are coming against them and don't want this wall to be rebuilt. They don't want this protection. And, um, and so they're, they're freaking out. Uh, before they know it, um, RCS will be right there among them and, and will kill them and put an end to the work. And then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. So they're being controlled by fear at this point. You know, everything um, that they're trying to determine whether or not, you know, they want to, like, just abandon and all this. They're operating in fear. Okay, so then um, Nehemiah says to them, um, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Okay, so I'm not going to move too quickly past here a second. Because I want, you to, I want you to go ahead and connect some dots here to what family life looks like now. We're not building walls around the city of Jerusalem. But our families need to be protected. There's a lot of things that are coming against us. There's a lot of things coming at us. And we're trying to fight with words, with our own ideas, our own, like, strategy, what we've got going on here. 
And if we look at this, we see, if we think about last week's message, um, if we put on the armor of God, we've our got... battle is not against flesh and blood. And it's not there. And we have a sword that is the word. We've got a shield that is faith. What does it look like for us to change the battle here? So we look at the verses in Ephesians and think it's me against you. And I'm not going to submit to you and I'm not going to love you. And we've got that wrong. Because the battle isn't against Joe and me. The battle is in a heavenly realm. And he's coming at us with things that he knows are going to take us out. And, the, and the, the passage we didn't read that's right after the husbands is children, obey your parents. And then it says fathers, don't exacerbate your children. And that whole putting weight on, on our kids and that whole thing. It's a, it's a family, it's a whole family passage. And when we see this, like the low points in the wall, these are, these all, he positioned them by family for a reason. Why would he do that? Think about that. Why would he put the families together to protect the wall? Because he knew that they would fight harder, right? And if I'm there and I've got Sarah and the kids with me, I'm going to fight you, man, if you come at me. Because these are my, this is my, this is my close family. This is, this is my family. And I think that that's huge. Oh, it's, it's, it's powerful. Um, I think that when we, when we think, again, this isn't a battle where we're positioned in a, in a wall um, and we have a sword and we have a spear and um, a bow, but we do have to think about what are the practical things that we can do that as we tighten in, we've, you've heard me say this before, there's been, there's been times in our, our life, and we're getting real close right now, where I get, um, I get nudges, I get inklings, like, all right, we need to, we need to pull in. We need to stop doing some things, and, and our family unit needs to pull in, and not because I'm trying to live in a bubble, but because there's power in oneness. And when we pull in together as a family, and we make some very strategic decisions to choose each other, we'll get to the end of Nehemiah to figure out what happens. So I'm just going to go to a couple of... Um, just strategies. And people ask us, like, how, how do y'all do? I don't, you know, Joe's a lot. It just, it's just a thing. You're a I'm lot not. Too, honey. <laughs> when a lot marries a lot, you get a lot, a lot. And then you have four children that are like a lot, a lot, a lot. lot, a lot, lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we, I think we're coming to realize, like, those are good things. And we're embracing those pieces of who God's made us to be. And um, not trying to fix that. I, I want to be more like Jesus. So the first thing we do is we, we get into the word. I can't tell you how my mama heart gets so excited when I come down and see my kids doing devotions. Because I'll be honest, they don't see me doing that at 6.30 in the morning. I'm not good in the morning. So my kids are setting the example for how early they're getting up and, and doing their devotions. But it's because we know that if we don't get in the word and I don't know what the word says about me, I don't have anything to fight with. Because my words, my sarcasm, my ignorance is not going to get us anywhere towards oneness. But when I know who Jesus says I am, 
and I stand on that and I speak those words of truth, good things happen for me and for my family. So um, pursue Jesus. If I'm pursuing Jesus and Joe's pursuing Jesus, we're going to find each other. And I think what we've done is we've said, okay, we have to find our identity is always a thing, right? Identity in Christ is where we have to find our identity. We have to find it there. And when we each find it there, then what we find is that because the two have become one, then part of our identity is this. And so when, we, when I look to her for, you know, um, you know, the attaboys and, you know, you're doing a great job or anything like that, and, I, and it's only if, only if she does that that I feel good about, my, about myself, that, that's going to fail. And the same way... Well, it's back, a pressure and a weight again, and that's not who Jesus is. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. And so if we're looking for the other person to be those things to us, we're going to be disappointed. It's just going to fall short. But when we're pursuing Jesus and we're find, finding our identity, then I want to figure out how to give you words of affirmation. I want to figure out how to acknowledge that attaboy without having to be asked to do that because it's out of love and a, a trust that and I know that that's And acts of service. Like, like acts of service for me is a big deal. I'll do laundry all day, get done. You could care less. I could care less. Sit on the couch with me. That's what I want. She's quality time. I just, I do. So, so I think those are things that we have learned to talk about. And this is where I think that that um, submission being equaling silence gets us in trouble. Because if I don't ever learn to say what I want or need, he's set up for failure. Because he can never read my mind. That's not fair. All right. He ain't a mind reader. So I can't expect him to know what I need if I'm sitting here silent. And if I'm going to wait 10 years into my marriage to finally go, wait a minute. I have thoughts. I have ideas. I have... Well, shame on you. You should have been talking way back here. Sorry, ladies. You have thoughts. You have ideas. You have words. Use them. Use them. Sorry. Sorry. And, but, see, I, I think a lot, okay. a lot of guys are going to be like, oh, my gosh, Joe is just so messed up, you know? And I'm like, I, but I, I think that within, within the, the trying to stay, keep all of that in a healthy spot, like, I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> I mean, maybe I mean, a little things. bit. <laughs> no, there is. There is no fear in right. that because it's, 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 it's a, healthy. It's a, it's a teaming up and it's a, and it's a yeah. So we, the other thing that practically speaking is, you know, when people ask us about what's going on and how, whatever, I'm like, first of all, we ain't got it figured out, number one. But we modified our life. I mean, we've made some specific choices to do life a certain way because of the way that are, we are. We are, and we're busy, and we're, we're do, we, we like to get things done, and we run, and we do all this stuff, and so years ago, we decided to homeschool, and Sarah's taken on that as a huge role in her life for so many years, and it's because a lot of the, the connections that we make with, with the church and all that stuff that require meetings at night, and so... And, and our weekends. These and are work weekends. days. Yeah. Saturday, Sundays are work days for us, so we've had to find some ways to be able to get time together. And so the homeschooling afforded us that. We were able to get minutes and, and times that we could do that. Um, my mom says that we're Mutt and Jeff. We're not sure who Mutt is and who Jeff is. So um, we decided we liked wine and cheese better. I'm not wine, wine, though. I'm for sure the cheese. Um, and so, uh, so we go to the grocery store together at 7 in the morning. Um, you know, there's just some, some life things that we've chosen to do that have helped us um, figure out the other thing time is, together. Is this idea that 
um, like we kid a lot, but anytime there's like public shaming, never a thing, not a thing, not a thing between you and I. And and we'll we'll joke and we'll we don't we'll even be, private shame, but you know no, like there's no there's no thing. shaming, uh, but no like tearing down like you don't need that like there's no place for that. You need to use words of life. There's literally some things here that... Yeah, where's yeah, all, where's all my students? Yeah. Literally words things of that life. Like, you could be writing down, like, this is what I'm looking for in a spouse. Like, this is what... This is, where, this is, my, this is my game plan. We, and we build each other up. With, okay, so we'll kind of wrap up. With Thanksgiving coming up, um, you know, you think about... I, I, I think about, like, a room this big. You're like, oh, yeah, it's great. Like, you both are, like, willing participants to, like, try to figure this out. But what happens when... You know, like you're heading into Thanksgiving and you're doing like all this soul work on the weekends and throughout the week and you're feeling good about it. And then you go into the family gathering at Thanksgiving where everybody there literally pushes your buttons and drives you nuts. Right? Not their family. Just ours. Yeah, okay. just ours. Okay. So here's, go back to um, the trust versus suspicion talk that we talked about. And remember that I talked about trust, but I also talked about being trustworthy which basically means that, hey, when there's an issue, I'm going to be able to bring that to you. And then if you bring an issue to me, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going, to, uh, re, I'm going to own it. I'm going, to, I'm going to be able to try to work through it. I'm going to do all those things. And what you have here is if you have a family gathering where you have a bunch of people that are showing up with years and years of baggage, and they know all the things to say to, like, seriously light your brain on fire, you got to remember that they're not doing the soul work that you're doing. And they're, they're the only ones that can do that work, and you can't do theirs. The only thing you can do is what you can do. So if you're in a relationship or you're in a, a Thanksgiving get-together where there's people there that aren't really willing, they're not being trustworthy in the way that we've talked about it, you got to remember that you got a game plan now, today, Sunday, for how you're going to interact on Thursday. So think about the things that could happen. Think about what, what it is that you could do to keep yourself, not in a defensive posture like last week, but to be in a healthy spot and be able to create some healthy boundaries. I mean, honestly speaking, there's been some really tough times with my family that we've had to make some choices. We've had to pack up the kids and walk out of a room and go home because of what was happening. And those are the things that you can do ahead of time to think through, okay, so how are we going to operate? Because here's the thing, you, it, the only thing that you can do is what you can do. You can't do the only thing they can do. You can't do their stuff. And so if you're in a relationship where the other person is like, you know, whatever, doesn't believe, doesn't have, is like a, a jerk, whatever, Maybe what God's calling you to do is to simply make the first move. And the first move is not to point fingers and not to, to throw rocks and stones. The first move is simply for you to do the work you need to do and to get that in a good spot. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So let's jump to Nehemiah real quick. Band, come up. And ben, we're going to wrap up. this thing up. Yep. Um, so the interesting thing about Nehemiah and the wall is that they were all positioned by family. They were all in the holes. They all had their, their places. Um, the entire time that they were building the wall, they had their sword in one hand and their tool in the other hand. It literally says that they didn't even take off their clothes. They, 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 they never changed. They, when they went and got water, they always were armed. They had the sword Ready all to go. Time. 
They were ready to go. Um, and then do you have that scripture, Amy, the last one? Um, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. They never had to fight. One plus one equals one. Unity is powerful. It's unbelievable. God frustrated it, and then they all returned back to work. So we have to go to work. We have things that we have to do. There's things that need to be accomplished. But when we go into this as one, we frustrate the plans of the devil. And I think that, to be honest, like, when we are strong and each one of our families is pursuing oneness at home, what we realize real quick, if you read through these passages, is that, you know, our families are just little churches. And when we don't have unity at home, it's really hard to come to church and to work for it there or to see it or to sense it because home is kind of like a mini of that. But when we are all doing the work and we're all developing and pursuing that at home, what ends up happening is that we all become stronger when we're here together. So a lot of you are going to be going to home this week and you're going to go back home and there's going to be an opportunity for you to either be a light in a dark place or you to add to the darkness. And I'm, I'm encouraging you to realize that that oneness, whatever you can bring to the table that that's going to overflow into, into your life, into this place, your friends, your family, all of that. And it may, you may not see it for five years. You may not see it for 10 years. But I know story upon story upon story about one family member that makes a choice to say, I'm putting Jesus first, man. Y'all can do what you, you can do. And it doesn't even matter what they do. But to have that resolve to say, I'm going to pursue Jesus first in my life and I'm going to do this, it can get, be a game changer. It is a game changer. It will be a game changer. So I think um, the reality is that the enemy is still going to come at us because where we're strong is where he's going to avoid. And so there's always work to do and there's always going to be places where you can do this. But I think the key is to really realize that one plus one equals one. Next week, we're going to tackle the second part of what we were wanting to talk about today, but to talk about the fact that one plus one equals one. And Nehemiah shows us, man, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Today, um, why don't we go ahead and stand as we go into um, a few songs. I don't know where you're at in all of this. Like, I don't know where you're at if you're married. I don't know where you're at. If it's a family thing, if you're looking to get married, I don't know. I don't know where you're at with all the family stuff. But I want to encourage you today because it's about oneness and it's about pursuing Jesus in every way. To think that we could have Jesus, who is the submit to all to each other out of reverence for each other. No, out of reverence for Christ and what he did. That's why all the songs we sing are going to lift him high. You know, Sarah and I will be on this side of the, the warehouse. If you have particular things that you'd like to pray about, even thinking about this week and what kind of dynamics will be in play or what's happening in your life, um, we'd be happy to pray with you.
and, and really lift that, that need up to the Lord. Um, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are so good. God, you are so good to show us and to reveal to us the truth about relationships, about family, Lord, about your heart and about oneness. Lord, as we, as we sing, as we, as we lift your name up, Lord God, we know that you are the, the reason, you're the one, you're the, 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 the whole reason why we're able to even pursue this, God. And Jesus, you prayed that we would be one. You prayed that we would lift our voices, Lord God, even in Ephesians, it says, sing, sing together and worship. It brings oneness. It brings a unity, Lord God. And I pray that that would overflow into our families, that the families of second place would, would be known to do work, to not be perfect, to not be um, a place where we're guilting and we're, we're expecting productivity and performance in order to earn our worth, but Lord, that we are able to find our worth in you and that as we do that, Lord, that we will stand together in those gaps and Lord, that we will have the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God ready and Lord, that we would truly see you create that oneness in our hearts and then in our families as well. Hear us as we see. You know, I just want to speak to a specific person today. Maybe it's not one, it's maybe many. But here's what I was thinking as I was worshiping and thinking about all that God has done. Man, I appreciate Sarah so much, right? And I think that if we, what would have happened if we wouldn't choose to do the work that we need to do and allow God to do what he wants to do in and through us together and individually? Some of you, like, you feel it. In an extended time of worship like that, you feel it, but you don't know what to do. <laughs> you see people raising their hands. You see people maybe moving out of their seat, kneeling, jumping up and down, and you just don't know what to do. Let me make a suggestion. Now, I'm not guessing as to where your heart is because your heart is maybe just perfectly fine with you and Jesus. But there's some of us that you don't know what to do because you haven't chosen to just put Jesus first. And next week, we're going to talk more about that. But I'm telling you right now, in those extended times, in those moments when there's just voices singing, I just see the Spirit of God just reaching out His hand and saying, put your hand in mine. Put your hand in mine. And the way that you can do that is when you go, you don't even need to have to be up here at this altar. You can do it when you go. You can do it when you sit down in a second. You can do it wherever you want. And you can just say, Jesus, I surrender it all. And man, that's a big prayer. Not Jesus, I surrender this corner of my life because I got that figured out. Not because, not, none of that. It's just Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I want you first. And let me tell you, we will come around you. Jesus will come around you. And the people of God will come around. He will put people in your, in your life that will change the game. Change the game. So Lord, I just pray right now for those people that are in that spot, that are feeling like, man, they sense it, they know it, they know, Lord God, that there's something more that you have for them. And maybe this week is going to turn up a bunch of stuff 
because we're going to see people that we haven't seen in a while. We're going to be with people we haven't been with in a while. And Lord, I pray right now that as they, before they pillow their head tonight, the Lord God, that they will reach out to you and say, Jesus, you first. Jesus, I, I don't know what it looks like, but I need help and I surrender it all to you. God, we celebrate that moment, Lord God. We celebrate that moment. This is like the worst because I gotta, we got to say goodbye to Josh Short. And it's not goodbye forever, but he is going to go down to Tennessee to finish his degree. And he has been like a pillar of just awesomeness at second place. For six plus years, he's been at that keyboard. That is a long time. And it has been awesome. A little switcheroo there. I like that. I like that. And I think like this whole band, Nathan, Jeremiah, Micah, who's not here this weekend, um, and every musician that's here, they know and they, it's, this place wouldn't be the way it is without Josh. And I just wanted to have him come up for a second and just so we could love on him. Um, that would be amazing. Um, but man, I know that... <laughs> This isn't real for me yet. I'll cry later. But you know what I'm saying? But I love you, man. And I think that just share whatever you'd like to with this crowd. And, like, man, it's six years of, like, stuff. And it's just been so powerful to, to watch you grow and to allow you to lead, man. I've never once, like, I don't know about other guys, but I never once, like, on Saturday night and I go to bed, I'm not ever freaking out about the music. I never, ever freak out because I'm just like, Josh has got it. And if you don't, we talk. Yeah, <laughs> and you always do. I, yeah, there's no words. What's going through your head, man? I, I don't know how to feel, A. But then also B, like, my love for you guys is, like, so great. Like, this is the greatest joy, the greatest pleasure, the greatest anything to be able to do this every week, right? Come at the feet of Jesus and just tell him how awesome he is like, I've never taken it lightly, and I'll never, will ever take it lightly. And this has been one of the best times of my life, being able to do this. And, and thank you for being just like, just such a great pastor and such a great encourager and creating a place where I feel like I belong. And I know a lot of other people feel like they belong. It's so bad. But yeah, just, I'm just so grateful. I'm like, I just, I'm so, so happy. Uh, for all of you and it's just going to keep getting better and like Jesus is here and he's going to continue to always be here so yeah we're going to just pray um, send this guy out right you know what I'm saying um, let's do this Heavenly Father Lord I thank you for my brother uh, thank you for Josh I've known this kid since he was a little rug rat and running around and Lord I just thank you for the man of God that you've grown him into Lord you have put a passion in his heart and a joy in his heart that is contagious. And Lord, there are musicians throughout, and there are people, whether they're musical or not, that have been affected by this man. And Lord, I pray that you would bless him and give him favor as he goes to Tennessee, that you would open up doors, that you would open up connections, that you would open up all kinds of opportunities for him to just be able to worship you through his life. And if music is involved, all the better. And Lord, I pray, God, that, that as he goes, that we would know that this is not 
goodbye forever. This is just a pause here that we're going to say, all right, we're going to release and we're going to send and we're going to believe for big things for Joshua Short. And we believe, Lord God, that you're going to be with him and, Lord, that you're going to continue to do the work here. And then we're going to get back together and make more music together. And, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for his leadership. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his love for you more than anything because it's so evident, God. It's so evident. Lord, may, may some of us who are so just like wrapped up inside what other people think just kind of see that, Lord, we can let loose in our own way. And Josh has led the way in that. So, Lord, we thank you, God, for this man, and we pray a blessing upon him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, brother. Say, say, tell this guy how much you love him. Um, yeah, he'll be here up here. Say high five him, whatever. Give him a hug. We love you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Have a blessed and awesome Thanksgiving. See you soon. <laughs>